Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Um, now, Alex and I are business professionals. Would you say business professionals? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we know that Netflix is in a little bit of financial trouble, one might say. So Alex and I are here and we're going to give Netflix some business advice to make sure that they can keep, I'm going to say, keep doing what they're doing. All right. So funny you mentioned that because I canceled my Netflix subscription today. Perfect. So you can be the sounding board on what would have kept you on. All right. right. Okay. Step number one, release a new season of Stranger Things. Clearly that didn't work for you, but it I think it's going to work on other people. And they've already done that. So we can kind of check the first one off. All right. Okay. We have Stranger Things. Step two, stop raising your prices. That's a big one. Hey, remember when Netflix was like $8? Yes. And now it's like, what is it? Shy of 20? It's $19.99. Now the cheapest one they have is nine ninety nine, but it's one streaming simultaneously, so only one person can be on Netflix at a time, and it's all standard def. Dude, why are you? Why? How can someone pay and not get HD? I it's mean, one okay, of those things, like hey, make the lowest tier HD and make the best tier something else. You, yeah, don't like UHD. H- don't 8K. make HD the thing you gatekeep because there's three levels now. There's nine ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, and nineteen ninety nine. So the bottom tier doesn't have HD, and that's what separates it, the first one, from the second one. Because phones from 2010 can record in HD, and here we are a dozen years later, and you're still not letting us watch in HD? That's wrong. The biggest problem I have with that is everything they have is in HD now. Everything. Yeah. So they're going to have to degrade it to make it's just to convince you not to get that tier, which is dumb. I think step three, uh, stop pretending you're a movie theater company stop pretend stop pretending you're a movie theater distributor you're not right i understand that movies need to be shown in movie theaters in order for them to be nominated for academy awards however stop stop saying in select theaters when you mean three theaters in california right either don't do that at all or commit to more theaters in other words stop making people read the fine print it's not fair Oh, I, what a great way to put it. All right. Step number four, maybe like a fun party package. I don't know. Like on your anniversary, send me some roses. Wine and dine me, Netflix. I've been on this train for like a decade. You, you used to send me DVDs. Now you don't send me anything. Show the love a little bit. Also, stop putting so much of your budget in movies everyone thinks are bad. Double down on your TV shows. It's what got you to the party in the first place with like House of Cards. Stop. And like, what else was it? It was uh, Orange is the New Black. Let's not mess around with movies anymore. Double down on TV shows. They're cheaper. Did Red Notice become one of your most streamed movies ever? Yes. Was it for a good reason? No. Did it cost so, you an arm and a leg? Definitely. 100%. So, Let's look at maybe longevity and reputation because both of those things are on the line in a bad way. Dude, I don't, I think it's well known that they are hemorrhaging money. Yeah. They've been operating in the red since forever and just like spend less, bro, and put up better content and stop raising your prices. And my last note is maybe 
maybe doing a show about Blockbuster, the industry you killed, is not a great move while you yourself are also dying. Yeah, dude. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't know if what was before Blockbuster. Was there anything? I mean, I think that one was the first like national In chain home movie experience. Yeah. It's whack, bro. This whole thing is whack. Netflix. Here's the thing. Netflix has too much competition to pretend like they're still the top dog. Yeah. It's getting too close right now. Like HBO's got the movies. Hulu's got the TV shows. And then there's a Paramount bunch of stuff. Plus picks up the scraps. Yeah. They got a lot of reality TV. Peacock is like niche. Apple TV is like the boutique thing. Netflix is not doesn't own or corner the market at anything. The best thing they have is just selection. They have the most stuff. But that doesn't mean anything. Because we've been all, I've been on there for seven or eight years now. I've seen a lot of their stuff, bro. I've seen a lot of it. It's so kind of like, like it's kind of like the Nintendo Wii when that came out, right? It had three or four absolute bangers. It was in everybody's homes. But then after like three years they couldn't compete with themselves and kind of blew themselves up. Well, also and then PS4 came out with the move. Then Xbox 360 had the connect and everyone's like, why are we playing around with the Wii still? Like, what are we doing? It doesn't, it's just Nintendo. So just cause you're the first and you revolutionize the industry doesn't mean you can pretend like you're still top dog. It just means you got a head start. Other people can still beat you in the race, bro. Tesla and Netflix are like the same, bro. Like, hey, Tesla, I get that you make electric cars, but now everyone's doing that. So I hope you just get better because I hope you have a better plan because it's not working for you now. Yeah, you are running out of time. Netflix has found that out and Tesla is right behind them. And this has been the business portion of our podcast. (laughs) Tune in next week for stock recommendations and cryptocurrency. Would you like to talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie, bro. All right. This week, we are starting our franchise month with a little bit of a precursor. We are going to be watching the entire Terminator franchise later in the month. So this week, we decided to look at Arnold Schwarzenegger's big break movie, the movie that kind of put him on the map. We are watching Conan the Barbarian. I I think, I don't think we need a specific non-spoiler section so we're just going to do all spoilers for this. This movie's old, and that's not a justification for it. But if you hear us talk about it, you'll understand why we're foregoing the non-spoiler section. So if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip ahead to this time code right here. Time code 2347. Now, before Alex absolutely destroys this movie, let's... Let's set let's set some groundwork, all right? Okay. Early 80s, like I said, Arnold's first movie, it's very the movie that I kept comparing it to in my mind was The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, which is there's a lot of visual storytelling, there's not a lot of dialogue and stuff still happens, but you have to pay attention to it. Right. And it's slow the action is cheesy the characters are cheesy and if you want to enjoy this movie it's something that you have to co-sign on very very early in this movie and it's just the kind of movie that is so old where we have bettered the movie formula since then yeah and it's age shows now i 
personally am neutral towards this movie, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let Alex do his thing. Go for it. Craig, this is one of the worst movies that we've ever watched in the podcast. If okay. not the worst one. This That movie... is a wild stance to take, but Okay, let me you know when the movie's bad, I like talking about it up front. Let's talk about the other previously bad movies. A Streetcar Named Desire, I gave a very bad score. You gave it a 6.25, I gave it a 2.5, right? That was yes. Decades Month. Then you have to jump back a little bit further. Then we got Phone Booth, pretty bad movie. I gave it a 3.75. Go back a little no, bit. No, 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 no. That was Liberty Stand Still. Let's be very oh, clear. Okay, Liberty Stand Phone Still. Phone Booth, you gave a decent A rate. 7. Liberty, uh, Liberty Stand Still, I gave it a 3.75. Then we got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is a fever dream, which is a 3.5. And then if you go back way back to uh, Best and the Worst, we had Jack Nicholson, The Terror. That was a three. This movie, I would watch all of those again before I watch this movie again. Interesting. Okay. This movie has, for the first time, I think, out of all the movies ever watched, the first time I've ever had, like, gratuitous nudity. Yes. There is a lot of boobs. For and no reason. And normally, dude, I get there's some people like, why are you complaining about boobs? It just didn't make sense, bro. Yeah, there are. And the thing is, there's so much of it where there are some scenes where it makes sense and there are others where it doesn't. It's to the point where you're like, did the costume designer just not want to work as hard? It's at the point where like a parody movie couldn't do anything with this. If there was a porn parody or just a regular parody, there's nothing there's. There's nothing for them to exaggerate. It's in the movie already. Also, the movie's too long. It's too long. It's like yeah. two hours and some change. Not much. But like it drags. Also, Conan doesn't say almost anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I learned this from an exterior source. So this. So take this with a grain of salt. But the when this movie was first released, Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice was not in it. There was a British voice dubbed in for all of his lines because they thought the movie would perform better that way. Yeah, and then eventually jarring. And then eventually they were like, no, let's let's have him have the movie. So they re-released it with his original voice. Like you said, there's not a lot of Arnold dialogue, so it's not super noticeable, but it, it's still kind of wild. Dude, there's parts of this movie where they thought it'd be nice for it to turn into a comedy. Yeah, that was mostly in the first act, though. Like, there were a few scenes where they get belligerently drunk and kind of stumble through a village. And you're like, this scene, I don't like watching this happen. Because uh, they didn't really sell. The joke was, <laughs> tough guys drunk in village. Yeah. <laughs> um, All the special effects don't hold up. All yeah, the- but the practical effects do. I think there are I think there are some really cool practical effects in this movie that I do want to give credit towards. As long as they um, don't involve snakes. Ooh. <laughs> Tell me I you spe- weren't going to mention anything with snakes. I spe- so at the end of the movie, uh there's a part where James Earl Jones turns into a giant snake. <laughs> yep. And- <laughs> And I thought the transformation of him turning into the snake. Like his face changing? Yeah, his face changing, him having like a practical human snake head for a few shots. I thought that was really cool. And just kind of like the shot by shot, like you watching him turn piece by piece into a snake was a cool piece of practical effect. I would say that's the only 
cool practical effects. Sure, definitely. Like, there's a lot of cheesy fight scenes. You can tell all their weapons are styrofoam. Yeah. You notice all, when they, they bleed sw- after the fact, or the camera cuts away, and then it cuts back to them, and there's blood. You it, notice when they miss their swing on purpose. You see someone hold the spear in their chest. Like, all the combat is incredibly goofy. Um. Also, I have a... Dude, I, one of the biggest reasons this was one of the worst movies is because for most of the movie, I had no idea what was happening. All the other movies we've watched, I've been like, okay, there was a confusing part here or there. I'm not quite sure what's going on or I know what they're going for. This movie, I didn't, I honestly didn't get it. I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know, like when that dude turned into a snake, I'm like, was this explained? Was I not just paying attention or is this like a a reveal (laughs) or is he just dreaming? Was this not actually, it it was straight up confusing. However, there's witchcraft in this movie. Would you so, like for me to explain the plot? Cause, yeah, cause, break down the plot uh, for me and our listeners. Okay, so movie starts, Conan's parents are killed. He yes. becomes a slave, right? Right, and gets jacked by walking around a wheel. Yes, and so they send him to competitions, he fights, he becomes kind of like a gladiator type person. Eventually, I, I, I forget if he is freed or how that circumstance comes to be, but eventually he is put in front of a king and this king says my daughter was effectively taken by this evil sorcerer named Thulsa Doom played by James Earl Jones and this king is like I will give you literally my entire kingdom's worth of money if you can bring my daughter back so him and his companion travel across the fields in order to find Thulsa Doom along the way they meet uh, this female character whose name I don't remember, mm-hmm. but they, but her and Conan eventually fall in love. That becomes relevant later. Then along the way, um, they meet a wizard who is also the narrator of the movie, who is yep. played by an actor named Mako, who is the same voice actor for Uncle Iroh in Avatar: The La- Last Airbender. Interesting. And the wizard is like, so here's the deal with Thulsa Doom. He is an evil sorcerer and his deal is snakes pretty much. (laughs) And so they continue on more fights happen. They fall in love, you know, Conan and the girl fall in love and the girl makes a point to say, I love you so much. If I were to die, I would come back from the darkness to fight by your side once more. And so as they go and rescue the princess from Thulsa doom, Mm -hmm. female character dies. How, how does she die? I watched this movie, I swear. In battle. In battle. No, but it wasn't just. Can you get more specific? Dude, I watched the movie. It was a point where. Did she get shot with an arrow while they were riding away? I don't don't remember the specifics of how she. Snake arrow? It might have been. There was a couple crazy things that happened in this movie, starting off with the wigs. All right, let's circle back to. Because I'm almost done. Okay, let's do the plot. Okay. And so after she, she, they do this really, you know, emotional goodbye where uh, she's like, let me breathe my last breath into your mouth. Uh, (laughs) And then then she dies. They get the princess successfully away. Okay. And then they're like, and then Conan is like, all right, we got the princess. She can go back, but I need to go back to kill Thulsa Doom for killing my betrothed. Of course. And so they go back for one final battle. And then, as mentioned previously, 
despite the fact that she died, she came back from the darkness to fight by his side one more time for a testament of their love. They beat Thulsa Doom. There's, you know, cheeriness. You know, he's, he accepts the fact that he's alone now. She, he doesn't want to forget her. And then there's a final credit scene where they're like, this isn't the end of Conan's adventures. Do, 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 do. And that's the movie. Okay. So the movie starts off with a Kelly Clarkson quote. What doesn't try kill that again? You, the movie starts off with a Kelly Clarkson quote. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And at that point, I realized this movie is going to be one of the most painful things I've ever watched. Okay, you do know that that Kelly Clarkson song wasn't out yet, though, right? It, that's debatable. Next. Uh, no, it's not. The armors, the armor, the swords, and the bad blood, it was too fake in the first act. They must have got better in the second and third, but I know in the first act, it was, it, it felt like LARPing. Then comes the haircuts and the wigs, bro. It got to the point where someone got beheaded, and then the hair on the fake head was a different color than the head on the head. <laughs> um, the, yeah, Angel there's Jones just a... had blue eyes, which was, I'm just going to chalk up to a weird choice. Um, this guy, while he was a slave, Conan, while he was a slave, pushed, dude, he pushed a gear into bodybuilder shape. He got jacked off of walking in circles, and there was a whole lot of grunting. For pretty much the whole movie, but especially in the beginning. Then he has sex with Krom, who, in my notes, it just says, a werewolf with snakes for ears. <laughs> it was off-putting, and at the end of their session, uh, she turns into a firework. <laughs> yeah. um, then my next note is camel puncher, because there's a camel in this, and I'm pretty sure he just hits it. Then he gets crucified. And he gets attacked by red wind spirits, which is just as weird as it sounds. Then his loved one later in the movie. Okay, so the dude turns into a snake as we talked. And then he turns back into a human. Then gets pulls out a heat-seeking snake, turns it into an arrow, <laughs> puts it in his bow, and shoots it at her. And of course it's heat-seeking. Nails her, even though he's way off. I think there are some really cool moments of visual storytelling. However, this movie is weighed down by its general cheesiness, um, which is wild because this movie didn't have a small budget, right? I, I, according to sources online, it says that it was an estimated $20 million, which is, I don't know if you noticed, a lot of money. Yeah, you can't tell, bro. So Yeah, it, and so I don't know if most of that budget went to getting James Earl Jones or what have you. Um, but there are parts where you're like, you could have spent a little bit more money on this. And so just in general, I think, I don't think it's a good movie per se, but there are moments of redemption that don't make me regret watching this movie. Okay. Yeah. I 100% regret watching this movie. I knew I was going to regret it when I, we decided we were going to do it. And this is going to be the only month where we do Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. So we might as well jump in and knock it out for the rest of my life i will say i am in the minority imdb gives us a rating of 6.9 out of 10 which is way too high however metascore gives it a 43 which is closer to me however still high overall i had a thought and then i lost it oh you should have seen how hard alex and i scoured various arnold schwarzenegger movies to not watch this one like it was either this or kindergarten cop so like our choices were skim to begin with 
um, he uh, he re- he fought hard to not have this happen. But lo, lo and behold, here we are. Here we are, um, man. I think the so I agree with you in the sense that this movie does feel a little long. Um, this is one of the few instances where I really liked everything that happened in the back half of the movie. So I would be willing to cut most of the first act is the problem. I mean, I guess we I did say, just yeah, have first this problem act is an issue. We did also have this problem with heat, so I guess, you know, <laughs> they come in twos. Right. But I get, you know, pre 2000s, you got to work on your first acts. Yeah. Um the ages was just a rough time. I think heat might have been early 90s. It was, yeah, mid 90s. Uh, but this is 82. So this movie's 40 years old and it feels 40 years old. There's a couple classics we've done that are so much better than this. And I think they just knew their place and this one just didn't. And I think they took a lot of swings and it didn't pay off. However, what we should have done, which would be kind of against the franchise month is I'd be in, I would be way more willing to watch the Jason Momoa Conan now. Cause it okay. can't get worse than this. <laughs> I mean, IMDb thinks it can get exactly 1.8 stars worse than yes, this. But so. IMDb is really fighting me at this point. I don't think we agree <laughs> on almost anything. I mean, not yeah. I, I, is it streaming anywhere? It's on HBO Max. You you could you could just give it a I'll shot. Watch, I could always watch it on my own time and get back to you, but I think I need to lay off the the self harm for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, I I'm gonna go first. Yes. I'm. I'm going to give this a 5.75, okay. not quite a six. I'm but- glad you get the number started with a five, which is what I would have anticipated you giving it. I'm giving it a 2.25. Okay. Which is I was- the lowest I've ever recorded anything. Yes. Um, it makes you wonder what it takes for a movie to get below the tube threshold. Like we would have to watch like Velocipaster or something like that. Yeah. I think it has to be like low budget indie horror. Yeah. And it needs to be badly filmed badly. Like there has to be horrible sound design. I, I literally have to like not be able to hear things Yeah, and, or see things. That was the problem with the terror um, is like, it was just dark, too dark to see stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. So but I still knew what was going on. So I think in order to get below it too, it has to like be grade school quality. I have to be able to feel like if I pull out my iPhone right now, I could film something in the next 15 minutes better than that movie. <laughs> yeah. But I do, before we move on, I do want to make a correction on heat. Last week I gave it a 7.75. That was too high. I agree. I was going to let it slide because it's your type of movie. It um, is. But as soon as we finished recording, I realized that, I was giving it, I was cutting it way too much slack. I, I gave it way too much of the benefit of the doubt. The sound design was indeed cool, but it wasn't that cool. So I gave it originally a 7.75 or 7.5. I'm dropping it to a flat seven. You gave it a six. I think seven is as high as it can go. 7.5 sure. was, was astronomical and that shouldn't have happened. That's yeah, the only that- time I'm rescinding, I have rescinded my rating. That movie was not great, bro, but it wasn't get- bad. I get why it's a film bro movie. I get it. (laughs) It's an aesthetic and you need to be on board with it. But at the end of the day, it's not going to change your life. All right. Well, welcome back, non-movie listeners. We are going to transition to our improv segment, which is one I think we've only done once. And I need my phone for this one. 
Um, <laughs> this is the only improv segment where feedback is part of like the curriculum. Uh, dude, what's this called? It's called Real Life. The last time okay. we did this was Rocket Man, which is episode 60. Which is back in September. Yeah. So November. It's, November, November. It's been a minute, dude. So the way this one works, pretty simple. We are going to wing speeches, usually some sort of public forum, where you should not be winging it. Like, even a little bit. And so... The, so someone is going to improv in that scenario. The other person is going to take notes and be like, here's how I could tell you weren't prepared and how you can better yourself for it. And that's the segment. And that's the whole segment, man. <laughs> um, listen, bro. We both have public speaking backgrounds. We're both better than the average bear. I wouldn't say we're either of us are great, but I could wing a best man speech and not be bad, bro. It and, doesn't make us nervous. Right. Which and is I think also confidence important. is like 90% of public speaking, making sure other people can't see that you're uncomfortable. So regardless, just know that, oh man, these guys sound whack when they're doing this. Yeah. Well, we're better than 90% of you. So slow your roll, bro. And I don't walk into most situations with nearly as much confidence as Alex does. So I would like to set my personal bar way lower than Alex has. So keep that in mind when we do this. Out of nine, out of a hundred percent of people, what percentile do you think you're going to be better than people in this? Oh, activity? this is, this is a weird, uh, kind of bar at to least set for a 60% better. That's than what I was going to say is I was going to say maybe 60 or 65%. I will say 90. Now that I'm thinking about it a little high. Um, pretty high, pretty high. Definitely 80, though. Easily 80. That's, that's beating four out of five people. My brain has felt like fish food for the last mm, three months. So I'm curious to see how that uh, impacts my general shtees. Okay. Uh, Alex, yeah. would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll, I'll give you a little prompt. I want you to... You're going to give a monologue while in marriage counseling and it's your turn to talk. Okay. It's your turn. You just started the session. The other person can't speak and the counselor's like, all right, Craig, why don't you say whatever you need to say and get it off your chest? Is this like a situation where like, I don't understand why we're in therapy. I'm just kind of there to be supportive. Whatever you want, bro. You can either be like, I want a divorce or she wants a divorce. I don't understand why. Whatever you want. But it needs to be firm because you could make or break your marriage right now. It needs to make okay. sense. Like this is the speech that could save my marriage. Or you've had it and you need to let the counselor know there is no turning back. We should end this appointment right now. I'm done. Okay. Whatever direction you go, it needs to be ironclad. Personally, I just really don't understand where my wife is coming from. This is kind of a bombshell that's being dropped on me as much as it is you. We have spent seven incredibly happy years together, or at least that's the that's the kind of the feeling that I've been getting. We manage the kids very well together. We have a very good coordination system in terms of dropping them off and picking them up from school. Neither of us have really laxed in that department. There's open communication in terms of how we're feeling emotionally, spiritually, physically. Those are all just open communication channels. And they're things that I make an active effort. And I feel like she makes an active effort as well to make sure that we 
keep up with each other in almost every aspect of life. No one feels left behind. No one feels rushed. It's this pace that I think we have both agreed to work on together. So I haven't felt the pace change. I haven't felt any inconsistencies. I haven't felt any, uh, really any tumultuous emotions from my wife. So personally, I think that dropping the the resort of divorce feels like an extreme conclusion that was brought to me in order to get me in the room. There's probably been some pent up emotion that has not been able to be communicated with this entire time. And the only way to get me to listen is by saying the word divorce. And I, I just wanted to bring up that I don't think that that's necessary. And I have always been a good shoulder to cry on, a good ear to talk to. And I, I just want to reiterate that I still feel everything that I felt for the last seven years of our marriage. And I don't want to see that change anytime soon. But if change does need to happen, I am open to that communication and that conversation without the bombshell of divorce being hung on this tightrope. Okay. I got some notes. Okay. Overall, good job. Um, I will say you had a little bit of a rough start. Um, Sorry, with personally, which is obvious. We're in marriage counseling. <laughs> Didn't need to say personally. We knew you weren't speaking for anybody else. However, it did get a lot better when you started listing off examples. You kind of reinforced her job. She was doing a great job in the relationship. You liked how she was doing things. However, then you started giving a lot of examples. A lot of examples of what she was doing right. A lot of examples that you liked. A lot of examples of how it could be doing better. And I feel like we were getting lost. I feel like if she was like trying to write counterpoints, there would have been too many things to, to counter. Okay. Which is a good argument strategy, but not when you're in counseling. <laughs> um, so towards the end, you were saying things like, I personally don't believe this. I wouldn't have done this. I think I've been a good shoulder to cry on. All these things are subjective. I feel like you could say, I am trying my best to do these. I recognize there is room for me because I think we need to react to how we think she's feeling to be like, I understand that I am not, I, this part of this is me. And I think there was a lot of, it was, you weren't, you were careful not to blame her, but you blame the communication. Like communication is not happening. It's the communication's fault. If the communication was fixed, we'd be better. And there might be a reason she's not communicating with you, which she obviously needs to communicate with you. But all in all, that was pretty good. Um, I think your marriage is screwed. Oh, but you made well, a valiant effort there at the end. Um, but it did feel like you were kind of trying to get the counselor on your side and not to get your <laughs> wife on your side. Isn't that what counseling is about? That's counseling what I heard. is about winning therapy. You're supposed right. to go in there and get a high score in therapy. Right. It's the playoffs and you and you're in this seven game series and it's game seven and you, you need to make the game winning shot. And if you don't, you'll lose your kids in the divorce. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to not get divorced. I'm just trying to keep the kids. Right. Right, right, right. All right, what you got for me, Craig? Oh man, I could have spent any of that note taking time to think of a scenario for you. You I'm gonna give you a much harder one. Beautiful. Uh, you are giving me your TV show pitch is today, and you forgot about it until you walked in the door. You're right. This is very difficult. Uh, do you have notes or whatever you ready to, to start? I'm ready. I'm ready for you to go. Uh, good afternoon. I am here with uh, my partner, but I will be presenting. He's solely backing this endeavor. Um, 
So right now we're just here to get on your network. Um, we have a show, we have a pilot um, and subsequent episodes planned. Um, we already have the cast, obviously. We're pretty firm on it, but if you would like to make any suggestions, we'd be open to that. Like I said, we already have the financial backing to perform these shows. We just need a platform to put it on. So basically, our show is about a family. Um, I know that Shameless has been very popular recently. Ozarks, all these revolve around a family unit and then going through trying times. This one's a little different. It's about a mixed family. Um, it's about the blending of a divorced dad um, who's older, has two daughters, and a woman who he knew in high school, but it also got a divorce and has two sons. Very uh, Brady Bunch-esque in the beginning. Um, however, it's got a darker side, sort of like the new Bel Air. So Fresh Prince was the comedic resolve. This is the new drama take on kind of the Brady Bunch. However, um, he is actually white and his kids are white and she's a black woman raising black sons. So you're, there's a lot of racial um, diversity in the cast, in the conversations they're having. There's a lot going on as far as what's going on in the world now. What's it like to be a black woman and a white male in an interracial uh, relationship? What's it like raising black boys? How is um, How are they going to integrate with a family? with white people, what kind of bigotry could they be dealing with from the outside? This whole story takes place in Atlanta where no one is from. They both came from the Midwest and they just happen to wind up in Atlanta together. Some parts are very, like an inner city are very diverse. As soon as you leave, they're getting hate from everywhere. Um, they're working on him finding a job right now. She has two jobs trying to support him. He's trying, but there's a lot of stereotypes that they're dealing with like w the man needing to work she is extremely successful right now the only reason she has a second job is to pursue like a hobby as an artist you know making a lot of money so she can pursue her dream a lot of family dynamics lots of drama right now our pilot is just them meeting each other in the city figuring out if they can make a relationship work and meeting the kids for the first time and seeing how they interact all in all it's a pretty easy movie to shoot or uh, tv show to shoot we're, it's live. It's done on a soundstage. However, it's not shot like a sing, uh, sitcom. It's all single camera, a lot of dramatic shots. Um, and we'd hope you'd be interested in looking at it. Okay. Two notes. Send it. J two big ones. First of all, I tuned out about halfway through. Ah, I was too serious. I knew it. Uh, second of all, uh, this movie exists. <laughs> it's called The Best of Me, and it has James Marsden in it based on a Nicholas Sparks movie. Or Bro. Nicholas Sparks novel. Gosh darn it. <laughs> uh not so much the the interracial part but the um the you know married person is divorced and goes and marries high school sweetheart that aspect yeah i feel like that's been i feel like this was a pretty good blend of everything you've seen before just a little different so the network doesn't need to take risks yeah like it's a different um, variation of this but kind of a variation of this it's not original ip just a slight variation of what everyone's super familiar with. Uh, also, you said that you had a cast attached to it. Didn't say anyone's name. Didn't yeah. even fake it. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as I said it was low budget, but we already had a cast, I'm like, well, in order for that to make sense, they're going to have to not know who any of the cast members are. <laughs> so uh, you took some shots and then you pretended to take some shots. And I noticed. You know, that's fine. I'll take it. Um. Didn't know I was pitching till about a couple seconds ago. So 
I'll make it. I'll take that criticism. All right. We're going to move on to our middle segment. The middle segment's a little bit more interactive. It's prepared beforehand. And this is also a segment we haven't done in a hot minute. Uh, I think I called it one star, two star, red star, blue star. That so, sounds awesome, but it, it has been a minute. So uh, I used to do this with Amazon reviews. Now I'm going to do this with IMDb movie reviews. I'm going to give you the star rating and the the truncated version of the review and you need to guess what movie it's for i'm gonna tell you right now we have watched all these movies on the podcast i'm not gonna have you you know fish from the sea for this one okay one star arf arf what a dog an extended music video scene strung together with music and the lead actor's smile and sweat sheen uh, the lead actress is totally miscast, and no self-respecting woman would fall for these lines. She is completely unbelievable, mouthing her character's job speak as well. Do these people really behave this way and associate with people like this? God, I saw this at original release and again last night, and it went from a 5 to a 1. An absolute dog. Ooh. Okay, I will. can I get a general rating? Like, did most people like this movie or did most people not like this movie? Uh, this is a classic. I'm going to say Walk the Line. Okay. Uh, not quite. This is Top Gun. Oh. This is, this is Top Gun. I, I am censoring, or not censoring, but, you know, I'm changing anytime names are used. So yeah. he was talking about Tom Cruise's killer smile and saying that McGillis is totally miscast. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right, number two. This one is also a one out of ten. This movie is way overrated. Currently an 8.4 on IMDb. Really? This movie, like any other movie from this director I've seen, is simply terrible to the point of farcical. Watch it if only you... Watch it only if you're into dark humor rather than a good story. From the overuse of blood during the ending gun battle to the bullet that is so powerful as to slide its victim into the next room, plus the actor's use of sunglasses in a setting before they were even invented, to the director's use usually pointless cameo, this movie and its story were barely believable. This is difficult so this leads me to believe fast and furious however i will say i might go kingsman on this one okay uh i, I like that i like what you're thinking you were uh this is django unchained yeah and that was tricky there was a couple of them that was hard because none of it described the movie it described like a vague aesthetic yeah so it was tough there, I, there were a few think things guns and sunglasses I'm like well this is tricky all right this one's a shorter one Okay. Um, one star as well. Yep. Change the title of the film at least. Nothing to do with the source material. Just got the name for pub for publicity. A combination of topics that are just fancy these days with huge holes in plot, history, and not even a moment of intelligence and or humor that the source material used to have. Take some time to think about it. Tell me, talk, talk okay. me through your I'm thought process. I'm Nola Holmes because that has okay. source material. Yep. <laughs> Anything with source material. Let's Gone think with the quick. Wind has source material, but I don't think a lot of people would hate it, especially since it's older. For like plot holes and history holes and stuff like that. Yeah. Fargo's got some source material. I mean, that whole hidden theme, which is the Broadway show stuff, all has it. But people hated this, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning towards Enola Holmes. 
All right, well, I'm going to stop you while you're ahead because it is, in fact, Enola Holmes. Nailed it, bro. <laughs> uh, mm. People were people were upset that it had nothing to do with the Sherlock franchise, which bro, like I could have gotten Django. I'm glad I got Enola. Yeah, this 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 is me good. and that per- right. person have a lot in common. All right, this one is a 10 out of 10 review. Love it. Subtle and beautiful. I see many naysayers on here complaining about a lack of story. There was very much a beautiful story about a father and daughter alongside the science fiction. It was complex and beautifully scored and shot. For those who want the usual action science fiction space movie, look elsewhere. This movie has a slow pace with very subtle storytelling. It is not a bad film because of this. It is simply off the norm. And enough with the, did they get the space travel science? right no one does no one okay it's not interstellar right uh no because that was a pilot episode okay we did not do too many space movies so not too many nope edge of tomorrow but that doesn't have the father-daughter relationship midnight sky is a big one but there's no time travel in that or if there is i missed it or that movie was so bad i wasn't paying attention okay i'm not gonna I'm trying not to lead you in any direction. I did not say time travel at all. I said, did they get the space travel science right? Okay. Is what the review says. Then I, okay. Midnight Sky is a top contender. I mean, we haven't done a whole lot of sci-fi, believe it or not. No, Space travel. I'm going to go with Midnight Sky. You're correct. It is Midnight Sky. Mm, That's what I'm talking about, bro. All right. This is our last one. 10 out of 10. I'm two for two. So this is a tiebreaker. A great horror film. This movie has a great storyline. It also has great acting. It also has great special effects. Five is a good ratting, but this is such a good movie that five is is underrating it. I give 10 out of 10. This movie is better than The Exorcist, and that is not easy to do. This is one of the scariest movies of all time. It a ghost story, and it is very scary. I need more lines, and I am running out of things to say. See this movie. It is a great movie. Great movie, great movie, great movie, great movie, great movie, great movie. See it. It is one of the best horror films of all time. If it does not scare you, then no movie will. Frankenstein, 1931 is better but still this is great movie what could it possibly be alex okay so hereditary (laughs) is the scariest movie we've watched so far yes correct um the tear jack nicholson is quote-unquote scary because they mentioned frankenstein so that's kind of like that old timey thing however we did do a classic run of slashers we did any of those because all the only descriptor i have is horror and great movie Um, and it's supposed to be one of the greatest of all time. Mentioned something with ghosts, which leads me to Nightmare on Elm Street, kind of a ghost thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like in your mind type deal. I'm gonna go hereditary, dude. That movie's actually scary. I don't know. I don't know. But up, but but up. This was the terror. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least I mentioned it. You did. It, it was just that this, that- also. This is the second time I've done an IMDb game about the terror where we bring up the terror earlier in the episode. (laughs) So when you brought it up earlier, I'm like, great. Now it's on his mind and he's probably going to guess it. It was, I love talking about the terror. I, it's one of my favorite movies to talk about. There's so many (laughs) movies 
that once we watched it, we never brought it up again. The terror is not one of those. I love bringing up the terror. It's such a niche movie. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you have no idea what we're talking about, um, we did a best and worst of actors. Jack Nicholson, we did a best movie of him, which was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And the worst movie he's ever done that we had easily, easily access, could easily access, was The Terror. I don't even know 1963, how we found it. Yeah. It's a yeah, uh 1963 directed by Roger Corman, Francis Ford Coppola. Like it's, it's kind of wild how much star power was in this movie for it to be a movie we consistently reference as one of our bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it's it's kind of the standard for how hard it is to watch a movie. It's episode 52. Check it out, dude. It's just hard to watch. Like when we talk about when we think should I give this movie a low rating? We compare it to the terror. Right. Because that's a three. So it has yes. to be worse than that to get a bad, bad rating. Or it's on par or better. Nine times out of ten, when we have a four or five, we're like, well, it's not. It, it's because it's not as bad as the terror. And it's free on some of those like 2B freebie type streaming sites. So like you're not wasting any money. You're just waiting 80 minutes of your precious life minutes. Yeah. You're just going to be on your phone half the time. And when you look up, you're going to be like, it's too dark. I have no idea what's going on. And that's and fair. <laughs> All right. That was one star, two star, red star, blue star. Alex, what do you have for the one hit? It's called the science of rating. And what's okay. going to happen is I'm going to give you a random thing. You're going to get a number. You're going to rate it. Off the top of your head, what you think about it, one through a hundred. Okay. Then you're gonna give me something. I'm gonna do the best I can to think of a rating one to a hundred. Then I'm gonna have to think of something more accurate to your number than what you rated. So, for instance, if I say dogs and you say uh seventy, and then you say paper, and I'm like, well, ninety. Now you have to come up with something that's more of a ninety than paper, and I have to come up with something um more of 70 a 70 than dogs okay this makes sense uh, yeah we can and we can do a few of these right okay so what would you rate one to a hundred um what is it called uh laptop cameras 45 okay what okay. would you rate out of a hundred 4k resolution oh i'm gonna go 83 okay i'm gonna say an open freeway is more of an 83 than 4K resolution. I don't know if that's true. I feel like an 83 would be higher than that. Um, or you, that what you listed would be higher than 83. And what, I've got 45, dude? Yeah. I think the resolution is too bad. I think you're on the right track of it being close to 50-50, but, not, but worse. So I think a more accurate 45 would be like plastic containers for soda versus glass or can oh okay sure 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 all right what would you give an expensive gift that you didn't want okay so someone's giving me, me to this yes me to this to me okay uh, expensive gift that i didn't want or didn't ask for didn't want okay i'm saying that's a straight up 50 50 Okay, because like you might learn to love something like that i might also give it away or I might just be okay. stuck with it and not be able to do either. All right. Like, okay. Um, what would you give, right? The smell of gasoline. 75. I'm going to say something that is closer to a flat 50 is 
your favorite drink in the wrong flavor? Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because like my because like, like my favorite red my favorite Red Bulls are the blue ones. But like if they only had regular Red Bulls, like I'm gonna be disappointed, but I'm not gonna not buy the Red Bull. I think it might be higher than fifty purely because if it's your favorite drink. It might still get some street cred because because yeah. the first thing that comes to my mind is the Chick Fil A uh, frozen lemonades. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Also, they Red also Bulls aren't my favorite lemonades. drink; they're just in front of me. Yeah, uh, peach lemonade in the frozen form still good. It's just not as good, so it might be higher than higher than that fifty. Okay. Um, I said seventy five for guessing. Seventy five, dude. That's a really good one. Um. Okay. Okay. No, I think that's let me tell okay. you why while you're thinking. Okay. Because listen, everyone can agree that gasoline. It hits different, it's, right? Dude, it's nuts. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I know, like, I have to pace myself if I'm at the gas station. I'm like, I can't breathe too deep because I will get a little high and I can't handle that right now. Okay. 75 is finding $10 in your pocket. $10 ain't nothing to sneeze at. It's so. not, but it's not $20 and it's not more than $20. Yeah. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. I, I can respect that. I can respect okay. that. What would you rate yelling Kobe and hitting a trash can throw of garbage from like 20 feet away and it doesn't even touch the rim? It's just straight up swoosh. And people are there to see it happen. I'm going to say 65 and we'll circle back to why in a second. Okay. What would you rate having an upset stomach, Mm -hmm. taking Pepto-Bismol, and it making you throw up instead of settling your your stomach. Okay. That is a 30. Okay. So while you're thinking, I, the reason I give it a 65 is, first of all, I think that yelling Kobe is like, it's a little played out. Or maybe it's not played out. It's just like, it's hitting a fandom that I am not a part of. I'm not emotionally invested in yelling Kobe when I make a shot. So okay. the 65 kind of primarily comes from me making the shot and people seeing it. I think that number is so low, bro. That is a distance. Everyone sees it and it's a perfect shot. I would have put that way higher. 65 is more like your guess. You got an exam, right? And you get to a point where you're like, I gonna have to guess on a couple of these. So you've gone through the test already. You have a couple circled ones and you're like, I'm gonna have to guess on a couple of these. And then when you finally get your test back, you realize you got about half of them right. Okay. And you're like, sure. That's going to have to work. I think something closer to a 30 is having a flat tire, getting a flat tire, but knowing you can change it in like 10 minutes. Like you have your spare yeah. and the jack and everything's already ready. It's just a bummer that you have to do it. Yeah, that's pretty fair. That's let's pretty do fair. one more. Yeah, let's do one more. All right. What would you feel, right? You show up to your friend's house for a party right and you find out that they canceled it and nobody's home nobody's in the driveway no one's in the garage you knock on the door nobody's there plans changed that's like a 20 that's 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 like a 20 i'm gonna say that's a 20 yeah that's fair um how would you rate going to the grocery store and getting your just your normal groceries and they are 20% 20% more expensive than they were last week. Um, So $100 in groceries, just to make easy math. Now it's $120. Sure. Yep. Uh, that's 38. 38. All right. Okay, dude. It sucks 
right? To show up to someplace and find out it's just straight up not happening. Cause especially for us, we put in effort to go places. We look different than we did 30 minutes ago. Yes. Um, 20 seems like a good number, but I think more of a 20, right? Is when you're at a, let's say you're at the grocery store, fine, whatever. And you're going to pay in cash. And then you realize you're $2 short and you didn't know this till you had all your money out already and you have to put it back and people are in line. Yeah. I, Ooh, that's a, I I don't think that's as low as a 20 cause that one's cause what you listed was embarrassing. Um, and also you could just be like, knock off the bread or whatever. Like you can make an adjustment. Uh, so I, I can see where you're coming from. I, I would personally rate that, you know, not as bad. Okay, gotcha. Um, I think a 38. Oh, I think a 38 is when we're going to go a little bit old school for this, but, you know, we can still relate to it, is when you go to the family video and you're like, I'm going to get four Mission Impossible movies and I'm going to marathon them all tonight. You were thinking about it all day at work and you were excited to just have the weekend to watch these movies and you get there. They have two, three, and four, but not the first one. Okay. That sucks, bro. I don't know if that's a 38. <laughs> I would like, say that's, that st- would be a 38 if they had one, two, and four. So I'm like, well, no, I guess that would be, that would be higher. Maybe one and three. Yeah. And I'm also thinking like I'm I'm at the family video. I could pick up a different set of movies. Maybe we're just watching Captain America tonight. But like so like it's still a bummer. Yeah, that sucks, bro. I might just not watch movies that night. <laughs> yeah. Be like I am putting this on hold. Call me and I'll come back later. Yeah. If you get it back tonight, let me know. Yeah, that bro would suck, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'm mad. <laughs> That would suck. That's like finding out all the, like we did, we're doing the Terminator, except we have to rent half of them. I mean, that's how it was. They're all on Netflix, but we have to rent half. I'd be like, give me a break. That's how it was with Fast and Furious. We're like one, two, and three were on HBO Max. I had to rent four. Five was on Peacock. Had to rent six and seven. And then eight. And Hobbs and Shaw were on HBO Max. Like, guys, what what's going on here? Yeah, dude. Get it together. So that was uh, the science of rating. If you liked it, I'm sorry. It's never coming back. And if you hated it, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our freeballing segment. Um, yes. You have a lot of stuff. So Locked I'm, and loaded. So I'll start with one and we can, and we can ping pong this. All right? Sweet. Let's do it. Uh, I watched The Fugitive with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. What'd you think? That movie's really good. There's a part in the third act where they stop chasing each other and he's, it, it stops become it stops becoming a, it stops being a, he's on the run movie, but rather he's in a single location and he sneaks in and out trying to do detective work. I'm like, all right, well, this is significantly less fun now. <laughs> yeah. Pretty but good it was rating, fun. Dude. Seven point eight out of ten. Yeah, I think on, I uh, give it like a seven and a quarter. Like it's okay. it's good. It's a good watch. Okay, so I watched The Cleaner with Samuel L. Jackson. This movie is about a guy who professionally cleans houses to an extreme level, right? So the, there's a bread and murder scene or whatever. 
he'll come after the police have done their investigation and clean it up so there's no blood and stuff all over the house because people need to go back to living there. The issue is he gets a call, right? And he cleans up the crime scene, finds out that the cops hadn't investigated it yet. So he cleaned up an active crime scene and there's no evidence whatsoever. He used to be a cop. Now he's working with the the police because they're like, hey, a murder might have occurred here. And he's like, okay. I don't know what to tell you. And they go, it looks like it's been professionally cleaned. He goes, well, I can give you all of, you need samples of my equipment. Fine. But it looks like whoever killed him knew what they were doing. And then it's a whole story of finding out who actually died. And then he meets the wife, the now widow and what actually happened, who killed the person, who actually called in the cleaning, like all that trash. It's not a good movie. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, I think plays really good, like supporting character, seeing him main this is not his best look although his daughter is kiki palmer and that did not make it any better so i don't have a great rating for this i would it's not good though if you like the concept of the of that movie uh there's a british television show of the same name that's pretty much the same concept and the lead is uh greg davies who hosts taskmaster and was in the it crowd okay um so if you like the concept you know same show, same title on BritBox, I think it is. What a name, bro. <laughs> um, Do you want to do another one? I watched Ava. It's, oh, that's the Jessica Chastain, right? Yeah. It's the same movie we've seen a million times. It's, um, it's just an assassin, right? And she's a female and she Which goes- shouldn't be a plot point in the year of our Lord 2020 when this movie was made. But somehow still is. It is because so many other people have done it. It's annoying. And they're recent. Like, what's uh, your girlfriend's name? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Kate. Yeah, she's in one. Kate. And then there's another one on top of that. I mean, Angelina Jolie does Salt, which is a little different. That was a while ago. But there's another one just like Kate and Ava. I'm like, first of all, change the title so it's just not the main character's name, bro. It's just like this female assassin thing is getting overplayed and get it dude i get the irony there's so many dude movies that just overplayed like this whole um john wick john i wouldn't say john wick it's more of the these these movies are versions of john wick however the guy cop movie overplayed we don't need any more of those but guys keep watching them and then i realized that the uh the james bond spy style kingsman that's overplayed as well we don't need any more of those yeah so I get it. There are aesthetics that we're just going to keep making them as long as people keep seeing them. Ava is just everything you've seen before already. It's annoying. So it's probably a six. So I have mentioned, I think, uh, my attempts to get into the Star Trek franchise. I really mm-hmm. like the first J.J. Abrams. He, he, here, here's the tale. I watched the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek and I'm like, this movie kicks ass. I want to get into the franchise before I carry on with these movies. I watched the original series, watched like a season and a half, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Bounced off of Next Generation hard. Did not like that at all. And I felt really discouraged because I'm like, man, maybe just, maybe I only like J.J. Abrams Star Trek. In comes Star Trek Discovery. On Paramount Plus, this show rules. It is, you know, it is kind of like the, it's the show that ushered in the modern era of Star Trek television. Okay. So it's not so much one-offs anymore like Star Trek used to be. It's like, here is a modern sci-fi show with a continuous plot 
with good actors, a good line, good special effects, and it just, it rules. It rips. Um, Jason Isaacs is in it. He, it, who is uh, Draco's dad in Harry Potter. Gotcha. And Anthony Rapp is in it, who was the lead in Rent. He is also in it. And just like the cast is super cool. And it, it scratches a sci-fi itch that I have been missing for a very, very long time. So like if you want to get into Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Discovery is probably your best entry point. It rules. I watched Michael Clayton, which is the quintessential George Clooney movie. All right. I have also watched this movie. I'm going to give my quick review first and you tell me if you agree. Sweet. Not as cool as it wants to be. Not nearly as cool as it wants to be. Because Michael Clayton is supposed to be this kind of like fixer. He's supposed to be the Harvey. fixer, dude. Yeah, yeah, this like very Harvey Specter type character. Except he's boring as hell. Because the thing is, is like Harvey Specter from Suits Fixer is this, you know, firm has an issue with this client. We need to make you sign him or make it go away. This fixer is one of our clients committed a crime and they pay us extra money to make sure it goes away. And then you find out this whole movie is just one of the partners wants to do the right thing, which means he's going to be throwing one of their clients, you know, into the trash because he's like, oh, our client's actually a bad person. I'm not going to defend bad people. But that's costing the firm like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So then they're just like, you got to figure out our partner because he's going to make us lose the case. And then violence occurs. Which feels forced. Yeah, the movie is like, there's a weird action turn that I like was not a fan of either. I think it's a high six. It's George, it's so George Clooney and he's very good in it. I just think this, the plot needed work. Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is. What? What? (laughs) You seemed off put by that. It it is a reboot. It's a movie reboot of, you know, the cartoon of the same name. It's very, a lot of people are comparing it to Roger Rabbit. It's not as good as Roger Rabbit, but like, it's the same style of like animation blended in with live action. Um, the rescue Rangers, yep. Voiced by John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. And one of them is 2d. I think that one's John Mulaney. And then Andy Samberg, uh, gets like a, uh, a CG surgery to make him more modern. And, uh, Chip is an insurance salesman who has moved on from Hollywood and uh, Andy Samberg is still like going to comic cons trying to milk his 90s fame pretty washed up celebrity and then it's one of those like we have a case like someone's been kidnapped we need to don our old hats and get back into it and John Mulaney's like you know those were characters we played on a television show right like we didn't we weren't actually detectives and Andy Samberg is just so desperate to get the crew back together. It's, it's one of those like very meta comedies. There's lots of cameos. There's lots of references. It's a very Hollywood type comedy. I gave it a flat seven. It's funny. It's cool, but like it didn't change the game. All right. I watched nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's cool. It's, not bad. Uh, it's about a guy who uh, used to be the person who, when the FBI or CIA or any of these uh, three-letter agencies, you had an agent who defected. He was the one who made sure they never said anything, a.k.a. killed him. And then he gets beat up during a home invasion, 
and his Loses kid think his kid thinks he's lame. So he goes, okay. And then he goes out, goes, I'll show you I'm not lame. Then practically kills five people on a bus with his bare hands. Um, and then the then it's just. I, I talked about this point. movie a few weeks ago. This is yeah. I don't. Need this to get is not the first time bringing it up. It's and then after that, it's just action. It's like John Wick, but not. It's very like I was retired. I'm not retired anymore. And he beats up a lot of people. Lots of lots of quick paced heavy action. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk did a great job though. Great movie. Uh, pretty good movie. But his performance was great. Sure. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about is I didn't anticipate watching this, but I was just kind of looking for something to watch with my mom. And we watched the entire first season of Abbott Elementary. And okay. that show kind of like reinvigorated my hopelessness for the sitcom genre. Um, it's a mockumentary office, Parks and Rec, that that sure. genre, but in an elementary school instead. Um, you probably wouldn't recognize any of the actors except for Tyler James Williams, who I've was seen a lot of trailers for this for yeah, this show. Um, he plays Chris in Everybody Hates Chris. That's how I know him. Okay. Um, it's just it's a very simple comedy. You know, you have your Leslie Nope type character. You have people that are trying to bring her down, and she perseveres and goes through it. The first season's only 13 episodes, 22-minute episodes. Easy comedy. Easy comedy. I watched the first half of Last Night in Soho. Oh, no. I couldn't get through it. That's a there bummer. Was a, there, was a, there was a theme shift. Yeah, it's and I liked that a lot. And I couldn't stick through it. Because it wasn't scary, but the theme I was switching to was horror. But I wasn't scared. I felt it. Okay, you finish your thing. And I just, I didn't, I wasn't on board for the transition because it wasn't a smooth one. It was abrupt. Like all of a sudden we're watching a different movie. I was kind of on board with the first half, but I was, it wasn't my kind of movie. And then as soon as they made that change, I'm like, man, you, I was barely here, dude. And they lost me. So I just gave up on the second half of the movie. I have no idea what happens. All right. I, I would say if you want to watch this, expect i i would recommend going in with the mindset of expecting it to shift to thriller rather than horror um and maybe you know i'm biased towards this movie because edgar wright is like when people ask me who my favorite director is i say edgar wright um and i really like thomas and mckenzie i really like anya taylor joy like this movie is like kind of built for me and I maybe it's just one of those like theater movies where like you watch this in a theater and you're kind of like mystified with the ambiance of being in a cinema. So I will say that that also enhanced my viewing experience. Mm -hmm. So just so I understand this movie is not for everyone, but that's that's kind of where the subjectivities kind of differ. I watched Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, I haven't watched that movie in a while. Visually, this movie is stunning, dude. It got nominated for a billion Oscars. None of them have to do with acting. It's all editing, sound mixing, visual editing. It's a beautiful movie to watch. I was on board with it the whole time. This is the most interesting post-apocalyptic movie I've seen in a long time. It's just different. Um, They did it on purpose, but they're like, hey, a lot of times post-apocalyptic movies are very dull, very faded. They did. They went in the opposite direction for this. Everything was bright. The vehicle chases, the action scenes lasted a long time, but didn't get confusing. And they were elaborate, bro. Mm-hmm. There were elaborate sets. I was on board the whole time. It felt so cool. I was on. I, this movie is dope. 
and I I know a lot of people talked about it a while ago. This is my first time seeing it. It is great. I like this movie. I'm giving it's it also probably like a high seven, low eight. Good, good. I I agree. It's another one of those visual storytelling movies. So like when you watch it, like be prepared to watch it. It's it's right. it's not a phone movie. Yeah, but it's also like it's visually got enough stuff going on that it's distracting. So yeah, there's not going to be a lot of words and when there are you have to kind of pay attention, but everything that Conan was missing because it was hard to watch because it was so old, this doesn't have that at all. It's beautiful to watch. Did you watch the other Mad Maxes? I've not watched any other Mad Max. Okay, the other Mad Maxes are also very visual in storytelling, not nearly as exciting. So if you're going to watch the other three expecting them to be like Fury Road, uh, don't with okay. that mindset. I'm They're still gonna... cool. They are still cool, but like not nearly as visually exciting. I think I'm just going to be one and done with this Mad Max. Sure. Fair enough. And then I went and rewatched The Gentleman. Yeah. So hold up. Uh, this is the second time I've had a fond memory of it. Went back and watched it and it fell flat for me. Mm, it's that's a bummer. A good movie but i it has the bones to be one of my favorites it just misses for some reason i want more and it didn't give me it i feel like every scene i'm like something cool happens and then the scene ends i'm like no just more more of that please more (laughs) of that it's so good i would say it's a seven everything about it this is like one of those guy Ritchie movies where i'm like i'm guy Ritchie. you're a legend i just want more and i think he does that a lot there's a lot of movies where I'm just like, give me more. And he stops it before that happens. And Christopher Nolan does the opposite. He goes, I'm going to introduce the concept and I'm going to explore it in every single way possible. Yeah. And that's what I like. I Guy hope Richie's you like, were really gonna... curious about time travel because we're going to talk about it a lot. A lot. And we're going to do it forwards, backwards, slow motion, fast. We're going to do the whole thing. And Guy Ritchie introduces the concept or an aesthetic. And then once you get comfortable, he goes, okay. On to the next thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. That was really cool what you just did. Can we do more of that? So it's a seven. It, some people are going to, that's going to be fine. Uh, and it's going to be higher. But I think this is straight up a good movie. It's very interesting. And that's it, bro. All right. Well, next week we are watching The Terminator, the first one, mm-hmm. into beginning our franchise month. To follow socials. Oh, I'm more active on TikTok now. Uh, follow me at Permanent Handle. I make okay content. Yeah, man. And sometimes... It gets censored. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk about that next week. But my right. name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I say hi. See you next week. Deuces.